Welcome to season five of the Realty Talks with Taiyi Podcast Show, hosted by Taiyi Elisar. Taiyi, named the Investor Queen, is a married mompreneur running a family of seven, homeschooling, and running a national real estate enterprise with her husband and investor king Ansar. On this show, Taiyi shares their dynamic experiences as real estate investors, entrepreneurs, philanthropists, speakers, and coaches to empower women, wives, and working parents to run a family and build a financial fortress fueled by real estate investing. Be inspired by this dynamic duo to leave a legacy and generational wealth. Go to www.wholesalingai.com to join the journey. Now for today's show, here's your host and investor queen, Taiyi. Welcome, welcome to the Realty Talks with Taiyi podcast show. As most of you may know, I am your host, Taiyi, and I want to first off start off by saying Happy New Year's to those of you who celebrate. If you celebrate the new year, it's usually a new time for new opportunities um, to be identified, new challenges to be tackled, and new kind of New Year's resolutions to be made by most. Now, for me, the new year, at least calendar year here in the United States, represents a time where there's all this newness, all this excitement. But for me, honestly, in my family and our business, this really represents a time for us to restructure and reorganize so that we can better our best. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's a very famous quote that has been said that I rather look ahead and prepare than look back and regret. So on today's show, we're going to help you to focus on the opportunities and the challenges that this new year of 2022 can bring you and your family and or your team. If you're doing this alone and your real estate investing venture, then more power to you. But I absolutely would put it on your to-do list and challenge you, challenge you first and foremost to get yourself involved, Mm -hmm. affiliated, or engaged with a team, a team of people, because real estate is a team endeavor. It's not, it is possible to do independently, but it's not ideal. It's not recommended. And it's really not kind of the real estate cultural norm, if you will, to do it by yourself. It definitely, definitely is structured to have you be successful if you are doing it at scale with a team of people. So you really want to take this opportunity to say, well, with this new year, if I believe in that, or with just this new opportunities that are arising from the COVID of last two years to the opportunities of the real estate market with low interest rates and this and that, all of these things being thrown at you, especially at once if you're new, how can you set yourself up simply but quickly to be successful this year? One of the things I find is through wholesaling. Wholesaling provides a whole opportunity for a lot of new and even seasoned investors to build up their capital reserves to number one, get their feet wet in real estate, but number two, get invested in scaling that real estate portfolio by leveraging that capital into purchasing passive income properties for rentals. Now, if you know anything about me or have listened to the show for any length of time, you will know, and if you don't know now, you will, that I am a huge advocate and proponent of really using wholesale as a vehicle, not as a destination. And what I mean by that is using wholesaling to build up your capital reserve, meaning the amount of money you have so that once you generate that type of lump sum income, you can then use or leverage that money 
into buying properties with the intent to hold them if you are looking for cash flow and passive income as your next step or next phase of your real estate portfolio's development or using that money to start flipping, right? You really want to use it to do one or the other, not go at both blindly or newly at the same time. I just don't recommend that. But if that is your strategy and you have a team that you're confident in around you to support you in those endeavors simultaneously, hey, by all means, hands down, go for it. Okay. But if you're doing this, ideally, like most people would recommend and also ideally um, want to do it, they would want to take the steps, the step-by-step version. So the first step would be building up a capital reserve. If you are just starting out or if you're looking to scale, a capital plan is always going to be at the center and also should be at the forefront of your real estate business, your thoughts, your plans, the opportunities you're identifying is to build your cash flow. The challenges you encounter are going to be ideally in building your cash flow amongst many other things. So today's episode is really going to be around using wholesaling and defining what that means for you if you don't already know and how you can leverage that into new opportunities and the challenges and or pitfalls you may encounter along doing the way. Now, I'm starting off this this uh, January 2022 to- with this first episode talking to you guys about this because, because it is really, really vitally important for you to continue to have a capital strategy to be able to build up those reserves and then leverage those reserves into something bigger and better, right? So so it is the vehicle, not the not the destination, because it should always be a cornerstone of the business as part of your plan for raising capital, generating capital and uh, financing structure that you use for your bigger and better deals. Now, if you don't already know really quickly what wholesaling is, it's simply acting as an unlicensed agent is the simplest way to put it. You are finding a deal um, and you are finding a a buyer who wants to buy that deal. Now, how you go about doing those can be as simple or as complex as you make it, but that is the very bare bones minimum is that you're finding someone who owns a home or any type of property as we're ta- we will talk about that you can wholesale and finding a buyer who would be willing to purchase that property, getting it under contract and then selling that contract. So any property, like I mentioned, can actually be part of your wholesale deal. Many people have this kind of uh, simplistic view of wholesaling to where it means that you are just simply uh, wholesaling single family residences. Well, that's not true. And I really am not a huge proponent of the word wholesaling. I prefer acquisitions. You have an acquisitions business or an acquisitions firm, not a wholesaling because it really has a bad connotation because of some of the, well, let's face it, bad wholesalers that have given it a bad rap. So like I said, any property can really be part of your acquisition or your wholesale deal, right? You can wholesale single family homes, multifamily units, mobile homes, office buildings, let's see, parking garages, and even raw land. There are many, many opportunities that are available when it comes to wholesaling. Now, whatever property type you actually choose to wholesale, the objective is to purchase the property below market value and then turn around and transfer your equitable interest in it to another investor who is also going to be known as your purchaser and you in return for doing all of that structuring earn a profit for your efforts. Now you get to name your own profit. You get to name your own price that means in wholesaling. 
It's not something that's dictated to you, but there is kind of a standard. Now, with that in mind, the job of the wholesaler, Mm -hmm. if this is in your case being you, it becomes knowing how and also where to find these deals. That's one of the biggest things that people get hung up on and are like, oh, no, I don't want to do it. I'm out. I don't want to wholesale is because they don't know where to find these types of deals. Now, that will be the focus of this episode. Specifically, we'll talk about off market and on market properties, otherwise known as listed versus unlisted properties. Okay, and then we'll also review the opportunities and challenges associated with each type of these properties. So first, let's clarify the main differences between off-market, meaning quote-unquote unlisted, and on-market, meaning quote-unquote listed properties, okay? We have off-market, on-market. Off-market is just another way of saying unlisted. It's not listed with the realtor. And on-market is just another way of saying listed. It is listed with a real estate agent or realtor. Very simply, off-market properties are essentially properties that are not on the MLS, meaning the multiple listing service. Instead of being represented by a seller's agent or a broker, the property owner is selling the property on their own. Let me say that again. The property owner is selling their property on their own own. Now, if you want to negotiate a deal on this property, you'll go straight to the owner and work with them directly, not through a third party like a real estate agent. On the other hand, though, on-market properties are just that, properties that are listed on the MLS. Now, listed properties are represented by a seller's agent or a broker. An agent or broker you or your agent will negotiate with to secure a deal. That's the most typical scenario, right? Is that the seller hires an agent, the agent lists the property and buyers or buyer's agents typically are negotiating with the seller's agent to really solidify the terms of a deal. Now, on-market properties, on the other hand, those are a little easier to find because, hey, after all, like the name implies, they are listed, right? So you just pretty much are going to a huge online database that shows all of those different properties that are listed already with a real estate agent and take your pick. Now, be that as it may, however, most wholesalers actually prefer to focus on finding unlisted properties. And we'll talk about why. Now, even though these may be a little more difficult, per se, quote unquote, to find, there are a lot, and I do mean a lot of advantages that come with working directly with the seller of a property rather than with agents. For example, there was a deal in Pittsburgh, California, here in California, that my husband actually found. And this deal was found that was unlisted. It was an off-market probate property, which we won't go into details. It's beyond the scope of this episode for right now, but just follow me, okay? He found this by going directly to the heirs of an estate, meaning someone died and their family member inherited the property. Well, when they inherited the property, they didn't know what to do with it. They were not in real estate. They weren't even interested in real estate. So what is their first objective? How can I sell this property to just get the cash out and move on? Well, my husband coming and being a great negotiator as he was and working and really a great people person in general, he went directly to that owner. And that owner, long story short, was able to say, hey, if you can just get me out of this hard situation, right? I don't have an agent. 
the property is not listed. So I don't have an agent and I just owe the bank money. I don't even know how much, but if you can get me out of this situation and just get me a little bit of cash and then by little bit, he did mean a little bit. He meant literally like about three to $5,000 is all he was looking for. Mm-hmm. Well, long story short, again, he only owed the bank about $60,000 on a property that ARV after repair value, meaning after it's renovated, would have been worth $325,000. Now that's an insane upside. And believe it or not, we were able to capitalize and profit off of that huge upside. And that was through a quote unquote wholesale deal that was unlisted off market, directly negotiated with the seller, okay, directly negotiated with the seller off market to be able to profit us over $100,000 in net profit. After all fees were paid, the bank was paid off, and even the seller was able to cash out and have some money in their pocket. And we were able to find them a new place, get them into that place, all of that. And we still net over $100,000 on one single wholesale deal. Like that's incredible. That is the incredible power of being able to go directly uh, to market for deals, go directly to the seller, negotiate with them on unlisted deals, and be able to walk away with huge lump sums of profits that we then take those profits and then invest by leveraging it with a loan to get bigger buildings, right? Get bigger deals that generate bigger profits. Okay, so we have to take a quick break. Stay tuned and we'll be right back. Are you enjoying this show so far? I sure hope so. Please like, share, subscribe to the channel and feel free to leave me a message down below. Welcome back. You are still listening, my friends, to the Real Tea Talk with Tai Podcast Show. As a recap on today's show, we're talking about your preparation and plan to achieve and receive in 2022 through real estate investing. So let's get back to it. Now, in addition to these like massive profit opportunities that can come with wholesaling that you can very clearly see how $100,000 plus can very easily get you into a a rental property, right? It can represent a 20 to 25% down payment. It can represent a 10% or a 5% down payment, depending on the type of property and type of loan that you're looking to structure and the deal you're looking to buy with that capital. But even if it were just a portion or percentage of that. Let's break into some of those advantages, right? Because you really, other than profits, have to see kind of this through a new lens in this new year to be able to capitalize on these new and also pre-existing opportunities that maybe you were blind to in 2021, but you got your new set of contact lenses, okay? You got your new set of glasses, your new prescription re-up, so that now you can see much more clearly into these type of opportunities and refresh perhaps your perspective even on wholesaling. So number one, transactions are easier to bring to close since there are a whole lot less people involved, excuse me. People also refer to parties. If you hear parties to a transaction, it just means the people involved. So if I'm dealing, for example, with a seller, a buyer, and maybe an escrow or title company, that's pretty manageable once you get the hang of things and from a very simplistic view. That That's like the bare minimum, right? Now, every time another person, in addition to those people or even other interested parties, 
parties are added to that mix there that we have going on, there's going to be much more time involved in everything, everything from communications to scheduling to making sure contracts are signed and everyone's interests are managed. All of that stuff gets co-mingled together into this big mixture or pot of people that now all have their hands in it, right? So it's much easier to deal with unlisted off-market properties because there are typically fewer people involved. Now, number two, the second benefit of dealing with off-market properties and unlisted properties of sellers is with only a few people involved in these type of deals, you won't have to explain the process over and over and over again. Like, I can't even tell you how many experienced real estate agents I've encountered over the years who simply just flat out don't know or don't fully understand what wholesaling is. Like, I'm happy to explain it to anyone, almost. (laughs) But again, the more people in the mix, the more time everything tends to take and more objections you may actually have to address. So in respect of your time, in respect of your knowledge, right? If all you have to do is explain your process to the seller and make sure they're clear on the benefits to them specifically, you can actually move forward a lot quicker. If an agent does not understand the process, they can actually talk Mm -hmm. a seller completely out of working with you. I've had attorneys try to do this. I've had agents try to do this, right? I've had other third-party family members long distance until they know that their family is inheriting a property and then they become very close and immediate, it seeming family members try to do this, right? Again, adding people to the mix is never a good idea for multiple reasons, um, including the fact that you don't have to explain and re-explain that process and potentially have them try to work against your efforts and talk that seller out of working with you. Now, this could be unfortunate for the seller because it may not be in their best interest, right? But family can be pretty compelling as well as friends. So you really don't want, you know, less is best, right? Just simply put, less is best, less people. Um, less parties in the transaction, meaning uh, there are, the less complicated and convoluted things tend to be. Now, number three, the third advantage to working with unlisted properties over listed properties is that with unlisted property, you're getting a better deal, right? Who knows? We probably most likely would not have gotten that deal from that particular Pittsburgh seller if there was an agent involved because the agent would have, number one, been self-interested in their commission, um, right? And, And trying to increase the purchase price for us so that they can increase their profit potential for them, right? And number two, they wouldn't have seen the advantage to working with us, an investor buyer over a retail buyer when they could have just easily put the property on the market. And as is, the property would have likely sold, definitely sold, I should say, if I'm being totally honest, for way more than what we were able to buy it for off market. Okay, so you'll be more likely to obtain that type of better deal on property Mm -hmm. if there's no agent or broker involved, no competition or other third parties. An agent has been tasked literally with getting the highest possible price for that 
property that they have listed. And remember, they get a standard 3% commission on average when they sell it. So the more you pay, the more they make. So they aren't all that interested in cutting a below market deal, right? Because they see it as cutting into their profit potential and they see it as not doing what's best in the best interest from a price standpoint of their client. Now, granted, for every $10,000 increase in purchase price, the agent's commission is only increased about $300. Well, some people care about that $300. And I'm not saying neither here nor there that they should or shouldn't, right? But I'm just saying, if they are trying to get me up, 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 up and up, and I say I can only increase my purchase price 10000 that has a lot more bearing on me for increasing my purchase price from a loan perspective, assuming I'm using leverage, than it does from an agent only getting an additional $300 by negotiating a $10,000 uh, increase in the purchase price, right? But I'm just saying, I'm just saying, when you're dealing with unlisted properties, flat out, hands down, bar none, you are definitely usually getting or putting yourself in the position to get a much better deal. The fourth advantage to dealing with off-market properties is when you skip the agent, you skip the agent's paperwork, right? Let's face it. We all, if we're being honest, don't particularly care for or have an appetite for more and more paperwork. Well, I always have my own set of purchase and sales agreements as my team and I um, have by standard default practice and other key documents on hand. And if there's no sell agent involved, we can actually use our own documents to close that deal. We do not have to use, like in California, the CAR4, California Association of Realtors, right? We don't have to use those forms. We can completely get away with using our one to three page purchase agreement drafted by our attorney and specific for our states, right? So I can definitely use those documents to close the deal. Anyone on our team can do the same. So it definitely speeds up that purchase process. When you use your own documents, you actually know what clauses that it already contains, right? You know for sure that there is an assignment clause that you've included specifically with your intention of maybe not wholesaling, but having that as a possible exit strategy. And the fifth advantage, okay, for these top five advantages to dealing with unlisted versus listed properties is it's easier to show an unlisted property. When you're working directly with a seller, it is easier to get in to see the property and it is usually easier to show the property to potential buyers. You don't have to go through an extra additional layer of security and or scheduling through a third party like an agent just to get people in there, right? The more people you have to coordinate to facilitate a showing, the more cumbersome it can actually become. Okay. So by now, I think that you pretty much understand kind of just the bare bones minimum benefits and advantages to dealing with off-market unlisted properties versus on-market listed properties when you're talking about the type uh, and going beyond the type, but just how you're going to target from type to target, right? The type can be single family, multifamily, mobile home to the targeting can be unlisted or listed. Okay, well, that's all for today's show. Remember, as we are going to say at the end of every episode in 2022, here is the real IRR, okay? And we're not talking about internal rate of return. Instead, it stands for invest, rest, and repeat. So until next time, please do so. Get your IRR in and I will be back on the next episode with more information. In the meantime, go to www.wholesalingai.com for more information. And if you're ready to get started on your own journey or hey, even join ours. Again, that's www.wholesalingai.com.